The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We tend to have such high expectations of ourselves and so hard on ourselves. And, and it's so fascinating because we can be so compassionate with other people, but a lot of us lack self-compassion. And we have a lot of negative self-talk. I used to too. And, you know, that's the worst thing we can do to ourselves when we're having a hard time. Hi there. Welcome to Students of Mind, the mental health podcast made by Curious Minds for Curious Minds. On this podcast, we, the hosts, are just like you, eager to learn more about the mind. Here, we learn with you and provide you with clear, concise information backed up by real experts about all things mental health. My name is Jade, and in today's episode, I sit down with Julie B. Ellen to talk about why some people are more sensitive than others. Today's guest is sensitivity expert Julie B. Ellen. Julie is a licensed marriage and family psychotherapist who specializes in highly sensitive people, also known as sensory processing sensitivity. As a leader in the field of high sensitivity, Julie has helped thousands of highly sensitive people globally. Through her teachings, books, and online courses, Julie gives HSPs tools to reduce their challenges, discover their strengths, and embrace life as a highly sensitive individual. Welcome, Julie, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Such a really important topic to talk about, so I'm so glad that you're doing it. Yes, me too. I'm very excited. I'm excited to learn more and to help people learn more, too. Yes, going to help a lot of people listening, I think. It's so life-changing to learn about this trait. Yeah. Um, So before we start talking about the trait, Um, Can you say a little bit about yourself and how you got into this field of work? Yeah, so I'm a licensed psychotherapist, and I started specializing in this trait, and it's about 20% of the population has this trait. And so I started writing books and creating online courses, and then I I started an online sensitive empowerment community because what ended up happening was... When I would have these courses with HSPs, we call them HSPs for highly sensitive person. It was so beautiful to be together and we, we didn't want to end. <laughs> so we were like, we, got, we have to stay together. So I created this community so we can continue to be together. And um, it really came about because I struggled with so many challenges ha- as being so sensitive and growing up sensitive and not having the support that I needed. So uh, I really wanted to, it was through my own, um, you know, need to figure out how can I be balanced? How can I uh, get rid of my anxiety and depression that's so common in this population? And it was, I got really excited about brain training and that there's certain things that we can do to really support our sensitive nervous system. So I got very excited about sharing about the trait and teaching others. And it kind of just expanded from there and such a needed um, niche because it's, we are really valuable in the, in the world. And so my mission has become, how can I help sensitive people see their value, lower their challenges so they can access so many gifts? I, they have a lot of gifts. I call them superpowers. <laughs> so that's been my mission because I lift people up in the world, HSPs up in the world. And, and you know what happens when I do that? They go out and help the world. So that's how I change the world. <laughs> Wow, that's that's 
that's beautiful. <laughs> like helping people change and then they help other. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Isn't it exciting? It excites me. Yeah. And you're doing the same thing by, you know, even doing something like this, because you're going to reach so many people that maybe never heard of it before. And just like we were talking before we started, you know, it's, it's so life-changing to learn about it. it. I mean, so many of us have felt different and misunderstood. And I know for myself, I was like, you know, told, why are you so sensitive? What's wrong with you? Why are you acting like that? And I didn't understand why I had such huge, deep feelings and intensity where that was so different than a lot of the people around me. So I grew up thinking there was something wrong with me. And when that happens, that's a great way to feed anxiety and depression. Um, so it became really important to me to teach people about the trait so that they could understand that how they are is that way for a reason. This trait evolved for a reason. Okay, so now uh, let's talk about the trait. So what does it mean to be highly sensitive? Yes, so it is an actual scientifically proven trait that about 20% of the population has, human and animals, in fact. Um, And it's scientifically called sensory processing sensitivity. It's not a disorder, so it's not like diagnosable but it's a trait that you're born with. And um, about 70% of us are introverts and about 30% are extroverts. So it's not the same thing as introversion. It's equal in gender. And they've already found this in over a hundred species. And we really evolved for the survival strategy of the population because we have extra information. If we think about you know, living out on the land in tribes, it would have been the HSPs who were the healers, the guides, the some of the leaders, the ones that could tell, can I trust this tribe? Is this a safe place for my tribe to be? Where's a good place to find food and mates? We have extra information. And modern society has sort of gotten way too fast paced. And it's, it's impacted sensitive people a lot. And it's created a lot of challenges for us. So we need to take care of ourselves in a particular way to slow down the nervous system because we often have an overloaded nervous system and have some sensory sensitivities we might, might not even be aware of. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, there's 1.4 billion of us in the world. So there's a lot of us out there. <laughs> and it's just a really beautiful trait. Yeah, so when we talk about highly sensitive people what's happening like on a biological level um when they're experiencing these sort of like sensory overloads yeah i like to kind of explain it if you could if almost like if you imagine the nervous system is like a container and people who don't have this trait the 80 percent that don't have this trait imagine that they put in like three cups of stuff into this container during the day that they need to process A sensitive person uh, might put in hundreds of cups into this container. And what that is, is information and details. We can read micro expressions and body language that most people miss. We can even read energy off of people that other people are missing. We are incredibly intuitive, very empathic. Uh, Some of the most compassionate and caring people, some of the first people that jump up to help people are are going to be people who are have this trait. Um, We tend to be over givers in lots of ways. So we have to figure out boundaries. That's an important part of us. Um, And we also really evolved as a group of people that want to get things done right. We care a lot about others. We care about the world. We want to, we don't want to make mistakes. We want to get things right. And so that's a really important part of this trait, but we have to be careful about an overloaded nervous system. And that can show up in a lot of different ways. And somebody's feeling really incredibly depleted, uh, irritable, maybe they're having a trouble with emotional regulation. Um, things like that can be part of having an overloaded nervous system. So we really recommend that you have a lot of downtime, a lot of really quiet time up to at least a couple hours a day of time to yourself where you can meditate, spend time in nature, slow down that nervous system and find that kind of balance. And so, you know, we have to do things differently than most people around us. And that comes into a challenge a little bit to just really own that about who we are. To, but because mm-hmm. we think like, oh, I can't I can't take that time to myself because I don't have time. 
but I always challenge people to try it. And what happens is we can end up getting very um, efficient and focused and creative, in fact, if we're balanced. And so if we're off balance, we lose that focus and creativity um, and efficiency. So we're not going to get more done when we're overloaded. So that's kind of like a little quick um, way to describe it. Yeah, so you mentioned that as highly sensitive people, we just have to do things different than everyone else. So like, why is that? Why are some people highly sensitive and other people aren't? Yeah, well, we we evolved to be the people who who can take in more information about what's going around us. So for example, you're going to pick up on things other people don't pick up on. And that's going to be put into that nervous system container. And we have to process what's in there. If that's not processed fully, it can lead to actually developing health conditions, worsening chronic conditions, having a lot of HSPs have um, like digestive issues or headaches and migraines or even autoimmune issues, different kinds of chronic conditions. But so many of these can be prevented and healed in lots of ways when somebody really understands how to balance the nervous system. So if we have that hundred cups of stuff to, to, to really have to process, it takes us longer because we have more to process. So we can't really be rushed into things. That's why a lot of HSPs, it's like we take more time to make decisions because we're thinking about so many different factors and HSPs can be really excellent healers and leaders. Even, you know, we can, like when I'm working with someone, I can, I almost know what they're experiencing before they know it. I have so much information and, and leaders, HSPs can be such great leaders in the world too, which is part of my mission to help empower more leaders. Um, I'd love to see HSPs in more positions like lawmaking and policy and, <laughs> you know, things like that, because we care so much, but we have to change how we do things, not to be living in this fast paced society, but really slow down and practice mindfulness, slowing down, call it, kind of consider the nervous system to be like a motor. And I can even feel like when my motor gets up too high, I'm, I start to feel kind of anxious. Um, and so I have to always pay attention to making sure that I slow it down and, and have that as my priority. And so many of us are taught that, that self-care is selfish and we have to change that because self-care is power and it is a gift to really give yourself because you are definitely going to excel in life if you can get that balance right. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like there's this kind of like environment where we have to try to like be completely strong all the time and we can't like take time for ourselves. Like we have to be constantly productive and working all the time. So definitely for me, it's it's so hard to do any self-care because I feel like I should be productive. But then but like now I know self-care is productive. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we have so I mean, HSPs especially want to be productive. It is such a part of us. Like we just want to be so productive and make things happen and help people. But it's so fascinating because when we finally get that balance right, it took me a long time to understand that balance. It's like so many of us will, you know, go, go, go until we get sick or go, go, go until we just, you know, practically pass out in depletion. Or maybe we've had a, a huge fight with someone because we're so exhausted and something has to happen before we actually take care of ourselves. So I suggest we take care of ourselves first so that we can actually prevent all of that from happening. But honestly, it took me a long time to shift that because that's not what our society teaches us. And, and yet it is how we will, you know, HSPs have so much talent and creativity, but it's the first thing to go when we get depleted, but it's also the first thing to come back when we find that balance. So that's a good way to know. Like if you feel really like you've lost creativity or you've lost that ability to feel productive, most likely it's because your nervous system is overloaded and you need to slow down. So we're recommending two hours a day and one full day off a week. And I know a lot of people say that seems impossible, 
But honestly, if you can work towards that, your, your life really transforms. It's crazy because, in fact, we can be even more productive when we're balanced. Right. Well, that's so interesting. I think that could be helpful for a lot of people because I think sometimes when we get into these like ruts or like creative blocks or just super low energy, we can be like, why am I feeling like this? And then be even harder on ourselves. So like knowing that that could be a result of sensory overload, I feel like that could bring some ease to a lot of people and give them guidance as to like what to do. Oh, absolutely. It helped me too to really learn a lot about this trait, to understand that this is a real thing and this is scientifically proven and there's a reason why we're like that. And, and we do tend to be really hard on ourselves. I, HSPs, I mean, I work globally with HSPs and that shows up a lot that we tend to have such high expectations of ourselves and so hard on ourselves. And, and it's so fascinating because we can be so compassionate with other people but a lot of us lack self-compassion and we have a lot of negative self-talk. I used to too. And, you know, that's the worst thing we can do to ourselves when we're having a hard time. And that is something to pay attention to right away is, can you be loving with yourself? Can you talk to yourself like you would someone that you care about and cherish? And to this day, I still get surprised because when I, before I knew about this trait and, and learned everything, I was so hard on myself. And again, that feeds anxiety and depression. But instead, like to be able to access that now to this day, I still feel that like that I can access self-compassion and self-love. I never used to be able to access that before. And, and then you become resilient and, and life doesn't knock you down so long anymore. Maybe you get knocked down sometimes, but you can get up a lot faster and have so much more resiliency when you're, when you're kind and loving with yourself. So I, I kind of want to shift gears and talk about the history of the trait. So how long have we known about this trait? And, you know, who was the first person to kind of look deeper into it? Yes. Yeah, so Elaine Aaron is a psychologist and has really um, done a lot, been a part of a lot of research about this trait back in the 90s, um, kind of coined the term highly sensitive person. And that's where it really originated from. And um, I know when I first started out, I, I was from her book that made me learn about the trait in the first place. And it really became my mission then to share, to make sure more people knew about it. Like when I first started out as a therapist, none of the therapists knew about it. And I, I think it's so essential that your doctor and your therapist and anybody that works with you, whether it's medically or mental health related, I urge you to make sure that they understand this trait. And it is so essential because we can avoid misdiagnosis. A lot of HSPs get misdiagnosed with other things when they don't have them and then they're medicated for stuff they don't need and it causes a lot of problems. So it's just so essential that HSPs can really educate others about it, you know, because you're helping. If you educate your doctor, your dentist, your therapist, then you're helping all the other people that come after you. It's just, I'm kind of like in a ground level approach to this, that everybody needs to start educating each other about this trait. That's, that's interesting because that kind of like sh shifts the dynamic of like patient to provider when like the patient's going to be educating the doctor. That's almost like for me, that's a little like anxiety provoking because like oh my goodness like I have to share something about myself but like share this like vulnerable part of myself with the doctor um so do you have like tips on how to go about sharing that information with like a doctor or therapist yeah, yeah great question I actually created a guide people can just print and give to their doctor or their therapist to make it easy. And I really like to come from the place of 
thinking about how I'm advocating for my needs and I'm also helping people come after me. So even like I went to the dentist one day and it was a new dentist and I was like, have you heard about the trait of high sensitivity? And these are the things, these are the ways that it impacts me. You probably have about one in five of your patients. But you know, what's interesting about that is that we think that at least half of, of people in therapy have this trait. I mean, that's, it's only 20% of the population, but at least half of the people in therapy have this trait. And there's a couple of reasons for that. We, a lot of us suffer from anxiety and depression, as I was saying. Um, and, but in addition to that, we actually benefit the most from self-help and therapy. Like we have brain differences that really support that. Like we have more activation in our insula that allows us to have a, a really high level of consciousness. So we're very aware of ourselves and when guided in the right direction can, I mean, I used to, I used to work with both HSPs and non HSPs and it was fascinating to me how fast HSPs would pick up on stuff. It was like within a week or two, they would grasp something and it would, it would be so incredible to me when I could have to work months with a non HSP to get the same result. So this is so fascinating to, to know about. And we know that, um, I think it's important to note, too, though, that some of the research also shows that children, sensitive children that are raised with the right types of support are actually less likely to have anxiety and depression, even less than people without the trait. And it will excel even more than children without the trait. So I want to make sure that it, we're clear that I mean, this is this is a real. I kind of call it superpowers. This trait is incredible. In in children, you'll see um, children with this trait tend to be, you know, have really advanced language and are very deep and considerate. And um, so we have to figure out how can we support them. How can we, you know, take care of their sensitive ner nervous system and, and teach them how to do that too. Yeah, I think what I've done in my exploration of this trait is um, like seeing how I was as a child and how my sensitivity showed up when I was younger. Um, and also in talking to like friends and reading articles online, I see a lot that generally children who were highly sensitive, they it wasn't known by their parents that they were highly sensitive. So their, the needs that they needed to be met weren't met. Um, so is that like kind of a normal thing or is that, is it like a case by case basis? Like how often do you see that scenario? Well, I think that a lot of people were not given the support they needed as kids. Cause we, a lot of our parents didn't know about it. Uh, and there's a lot of ways to support children, even with teachers. I recommend that parents talk to teachers and, you know, it takes, a sensitive child longer to warm up and it, it doesn't have to do necessarily with shyness. And so we don't want to label it as shyness. It might have to do with the fact that this child is noticing a hundred more things than this non-sensitive child is noticing. I can even remember when I was in school, I would be so distracted by like what the teacher was experiencing, you know, like I could tell if they were not okay or if some other kids over here were not okay. And then I'd be focused on that and not listening. And that could have been misdiagnosed, you know, that, that I had some sort of an attention issue, but it wasn't that. So to be able to say, you know, to advocate for your children, um, I love when parents are learning about this trait, you will absolutely change your child's life. I mean, to be able to prevent them from having anxiety and depression, like I raised two highly sensitive children myself. And I am so shocked at how like emotionally healthy they are. <laughs> As teenagers, like I was not anywhere near that. And like, I feel so happy that they had that kind of support they needed because they can really excel in life now and not have to be so, I mean, living with anxiety and depression, I, I did for many years and it was a really hard way to live and in, impacted everything that I did. So, I mean, learning about the trade is going to change your life. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so great to hear about your kids that they, you know, that you're, you're not seeing that kind of same thing. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I, I mean, I just, I love to watch how they handle the world. And I'm always like in awe. I'm just like, wow, 
that didn't impact them like it would have impacted me or, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. And they grow out of a lot of the sensory challenges. A lot of parents worry about that. Um, Cause I remember my, my oldest would have trouble, like, you know, when we would go to a playground or something and a bunch of kids would come and he would get kind of overwhelmed. And I thought, Oh no, you know, he's going to have trouble in life. And I worried about that, but it's, it, we don't even have to worry about that because when we're given the right support, they, like he learned and he doesn't have those same challenges now. And you know, you can go out in the world and talk to anybody and it's okay. So it's kind of amazing to me. And I love that the research backs that up because then we know this is one of the reasons why it's not a disorder. This isn't something that is going to knock you down for the rest of your life when you, all you have to do is learn how to balance your nervous system. You've mentioned a few times that it's not a disorder, which I feel like can get lost a little bit when like looking into this because there's so many like treatments for it I guess which would make you think oh that means there's something wrong so like where is the relationship between like high sensitivity and mental illness well yeah it can get confused sometimes because we you know a lot of sensitive people can have problems like like I was saying um and have disorders on top of having the sensitivity trait. But I think that it, I, one of the reasons why it's so important to know about the research is that we know that when we are taking care of ourselves in the right ways, we, we aren't going to have all those issues. And so it's, it, that's why it's so essential. I cannot tell you how many clients I've had that have been misdiagnosed because their provider did not understand and not know about this trait. And if you have a provider who is not interested in learning about the trait, please move on to a different provider. I cannot stress that enough. And I actually have an HSP practitioner's directory on my website. These are HSP practitioners who know about the trait. And it's so, it's been a big part of my mission to connect HSPs with other HSP practitioners. I think that that's really needed. Yeah, I I hope that as time moves on, this becomes something that's just like mandatory <laughs> to know when you're um, treating anyone. Um, so my next question is about like the cause of this trait. I know it's it's hard to kind of say exactly what causes this type of thing, but I'm wondering if, you know, through research, um, has there, have any like, um, risk factors been identified or causes that could lead to someone developing this trait? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, you actually are born with this trait. It's an innate trait. There isn't anything that caused it. And it's interesting because the reason why, like, why is it not that 50% of the people have it and 50% don't? Like, why is it 20% and 80%? Um, because I kind of consider the 20% to be like the sort of the specialists of the world. Like if you think back on how we lived in tribes, they were, and they were very valued. And, and I really have a mission to shift that, that there's so much value. We need a group of people that are taking in extra information that are incredibly genuine and honest and want to get things done right. And the, if you think about like, they even did this uh, study one time with, um, like a like it was like a trap study where they took these different species with the trait and the 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 ones that did not have the trait actually got trapped and the ones that had the trait didn't and so in in many ways we need more people so if you're thinking about you know living out on the land the HSP might not be the one that like jumps in front of the lion to you know to try to save the tribe but we would be the ones to pay attention to, hey, there's a lot of lions in this area. This might not be a good place to be. So right. people that are jumping in in front of the lion, there's more of them are going to get killed. I mean, that's kind of that's how it works in, in society. So we have a group of people that are ready to jump in, but we're going to lose more of them. And then we have these kinds of people, this 20 percent that are sort of the specialists and the guides and the leaders and and that's why we're seeing 20-80%. That that makes sense. Yeah, because I I was always kind of a little confused about if people are just born with this why isn't it more equal? Um 
but that yeah. definitely helps. It's interesting, right? And a lot of people ask us, like, did trauma cause this in early childhood or something? No, trauma did not cause it. But sensitive people can be more impacted by trauma. So you are born with it. I, I've even, I even have um, discussed how you can actually identify some sensitivity even in babies. So you're born oh. with it. There isn't anything that caused it. You're just born with it. It is part of, your, of, of a trait that you have from birth. And most people have sensitive people in their family too. Like most people, when they start learning about it, they're like, Hey, yeah, I think my dad might be have this trait, but it's interesting because it can sometimes show up differently in men. Um, like on my sensitivity quiz, sometimes I'll tell men to take it, um, thinking about how they were as a child, because our society often sort of is so against men showing and expressing feelings that a lot of times we've sort of, um, you know, gotten that out of them. So if somebody has like a anger management problem or um, possibly addiction, I actually have a theory that a lot of people with addiction have this trait, trying to cover up the intensity that they experience. Um, and so those are some potential factors when anybody has a, re a hard time emotionally regulating, that could be part of this trait. I have a whole sensitivity quiz that I've created that has different kinds of factors on it. And that's free on my website too, if people want to take that. Okay. And yeah, I'm going to have all of that um, linked so people can access it. So my next few questions are about the tr treating people who are highly sensitive. Um, so initially, I was going to ask, is it a trait that should be treated? I think it actually should be celebrated, not treated. Celebrated. Yeah. Okay. I absolutely. I like that. Yes. There are so many positives with this trait. It is so needed and HSPs are so valuable. I mean, so incredibly valuable. And we don't need to treat the trait, but we want to support people who have this trait, who might struggle with some of the nervous system challenges and to learn how to adapt and change their life. We, we actually kind of um, relate HSPs to be like the orchid flower, like the orchid flower might take a particular type of care, but when given the right conditions, blooms brilliantly. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, that is. I also I think... uh, thought about it as like similar to like uh, a, a really like um, a type of car that is a, a very, um, now I'm forgetting the word I want to use, but like a very high quality car, but it, it, it create like you need to have a certain kind of maintenance for this car. Mm -hmm. But when you do the right kind of maintenance, this car is like really incredible and um, excels. So it can be kind of thought of like that too. We have we require a different kind of maintenance, a different kind of self-care, but when given the right kind of conditions, I mean, it is incredible what HSPs are capable of. Yeah, I, I love your kind of like reframing of the way we view this trait because like even me, I'm saying like, I'm using words like treat when you were like, it's like embrace and support. Like I feel like, um, emphasizing that we should be like switching our vocabulary around this will get rid of some of this stigma, um, which is what's causing me to like have trouble embracing it for sure. Yeah. And that's yeah. why these conversations are so important that we start embracing it together and to, to recognize the intuitive abilities that we have. I was just talking to someone about how they knew something was wrong with them medically, but they went to the doctor and the doctor's like, no, I don't think so. But it's like, we actually can know things like that ahead of time. We have an incredible intuition about ourselves and other people too. And, and that's a very valuable thing in society to have that kind of intuition, to be able to read someone. I mean, I love that I can read micro expressions that most people miss. And what's interesting is that a lot of HSPs don't realize that other people can't do that too. So they don't know that that's special to them. And maybe they've had a lot of situations happen where it's like 
they've observed something, but somebody else has kind of, oh, you know, brushed it off and I don't believe you kind of a thing. But that's why I think it's so important for us to have conversations about the importance of people having this trait and that the world absolutely needs people with this trait and that it evolved for the survival strategy of the population because the, the population needs people with this trait. Yeah. So, so what do you do in your practice to help support HSPs? Yeah, well, I've actually, my most popular thing right now is my course, my brain training course. It's called Brain Training for the Highly Sensitive Person, Techniques to Reduce Anxiety and Overwhelming Emotions. That's an eight-week program that walks people through the steps of brain training. One of the things that I find amazing is that, and, and it changed my life to recognize, is that when you can actually intentionally activate calming centers in the brain that deactivate stress centers. I mean, that's a huge thing. Like when I learned that, I was so excited to know that I had some sort of control uh, over what I was experiencing. And, um, and it's interesting because we we're seeing more activation in, for a lot of HSPs in the fight, flight, freeze system, which causes can cause a lot of anxiety and, and even self-criticism can activate those alarm bells in the brain. So we really want to, I, I walk uh, HSPs how to balance their nervous system, how to develop self-compassion, because there's actually a brain training skill that helps you develop self-compassion um, to be able to be that friend to yourself. And with the goal in mind that this is about really helping you really love and honor who you are in the world and help you thrive. Like that's my mission is to get sensitive people really thriving because I know that they go out and help the world. So um, just for people who might not know, what is brain training? Yeah, so it's fascinating, but there's certain things that we can do that, for example, if you think about meditation, what is meditation doing? For a sensitive person, meditation can, can help you emotionally regulate, for one thing, because it, it starts, whatever you activate in the brain grows. So if you're only activating the stress centers, those are growing. But if you're activating the calming centers, those grow. And, and that's incredible to know. Like, so it takes, for example, if you think about the brain as having two con containers, like the positive tank and the negative tank, the negativity tank just gets filled up constantly by life stressors and it instantly goes into the brain. But positivity actually slides off easier and it doesn't go instantly into the brain. We have to concentrate on something for up to 20 seconds for it to actually fill up that positivity tank. And it takes about eight positives to neutralize one negative. So like if you're constantly watching the news and you're downloading into your brain so many horrible things that are happening in the world, you're probably falling apart right now. So there's specific things that you can do that fill up that positivity tank. And if that's fuller, it's going to support what's in that negativity tank. So that's a huge part of it too. And um, my courses come with like time in my sensitive empowerment community too. So I'm there every week doing um, presentations and events. And I also am there every day supporting sensitive people because we're really on a mission to, to get empowered as sensitive people. And I just love seeing like how validating and normalizing it is to be together and to start to change that message that not only is not, is there something not wrong with you, but you're special and you're needed and you're valuable. That's amazing that you're doing that on like a daily basis. That's, that's really cool. <laughs> I love yeah. it. It's like, it's, it's amazing to, to, to see the transformation with people. And that is something that really excites me. And it just what I'm called to do, because that's what happens every single time you help raise the vibration and the, and the, thriving of a sensitive person in the world, it benefits others every single time because we are such caring souls. Like we just have so much caring for people. Um, but there's a lot of things we have to work on. My other course called Blooming Brilliantly, uh, Understanding and Loving Who You Are as a Sensitive Person, that course helps people uh, with like creating healthy boundaries and growing self-love and self-compassion. We even bring in some experts to give us information about some natural supplements that can help us and help us sleep and help us be more balanced. So um, 
HSPs can be more sensitive to medication. So I always think trying something natural first is really important um, because a lot of medications are not created for the sensitive. <laughs> I have so much stuff. There's so much yeah. on your website. Like if anybody, I mean, there is so much on my website because I'm very, as you can see, very passionate about this. Um, and I yeah. have a podcast uh, also. So it's uh, completely dedicated to HSPs. Yeah, that's... That's great and very much needed. Um, and I, I wanted to ask, um, with the the pandemic and then also with like stuff happening with the Black Lives Matter movement, it's a lot <laughs> to take in, like seeing it on TV, on social media. So in your, um, you know, working with HSPs, currently have you noticed like a trend or like a common uh behavior or like feelings or sensations that are coming up for hsps right now yes and i think that um the ones that are able to be resilient are doing something different than the ones who are really falling apart right now um and and part of that is that we have to be very careful about what we're taking in and so many hsps want to do something to help they want to help the black lives matter they want to help people who are suffering in the pandemic they want to help a lot of them are in healthcare and in healing professions but are also getting so weighted down by the pain of the world right now and I, it is so important. This is where it is important to know what self-care works for you, because if you're taking care of yourself in the right ways, you can go out and make a difference. And it, it doesn't if you are someone that can't imagine, you know, being in the middle of a protest, for example, as a sensitive person, there's a lot of other things that you can do. There's a lot of behind the scenes work that needs to get done. Um, there's so much that needs to be done in lawmaking and policy changes and things like that. And HSPs could be really good at that kind of stuff. So I recommend that you really be careful about what you're taking into that negativity tank. Try not to watch, visually watch the news. If you're really struggling, instead read it because visually sometimes that breaks us down too much. And if we're broken down, we can't go out and help. So if you're someone that really wants to go out and help in the world right now, your absolute priority has to be your balance. And then you can go out and help the world. Because if you're falling apart, you can't do anything to help. So we really have to pay for the healers and the people that really want to make a difference in the world right now. Prioritize your well-being. Learn about healthy boundaries. Learn how to take care of your sensitive self. Because then you have... I mean, you have a supercomputer brain. HSPs have a supercomputer brain and they have really excellent ideas and ways of making really positive change in the world. But it has to come from a place of balance first. And once you do that, that that's where you access all those gifts that can really make a difference in the world. Yeah, I. that sounds very much like my experience. I feel like I... Once everything started getting kind of chaotic, I like automatically put myself in the role of like the helper and like helping everyone and trying to share a lot of information about stuff going on and supporting people. And then like one night I was like, oh, my goodness, like I feel I'm feeling so much and I feel like I don't have the support that I need that I've been giving to other people. So yeah, I think right now has definitely been harder. And it's, it's nice to know that there is a community that um, understands, because I think it's so easy to feel like you're in this alone, and you're the only person that is experiencing this. Um, so even just like knowing that there's other people out there is like, huge. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's right. You are such an example of being the helper. HSPs are so much in that role of help, help, help. But mm -hmm. I, I kind of like to imagine life is like a river and we are on these rafts. And if we're constantly pulling people into our raft, we're actually going to sink and all of us are going to drown. And that's not how we help the world. So we have to make sure that our raft is strong because if our raft is strong, we're actually able to help people better. 
So that's part of that has to come with it as a as a deep feeler in the world. It has to come with it that we have to also take care of ourselves. I find it so fascinating people with this trait. We tend to help everybody and take care of everybody and we skip ourselves. That's like the default yeah. setting and we skip <laughs> ourselves and we fall apart and you know, so a lot of this is retraining, even reparenting. I do a lot of like inner child work where we reparent ourselves and give ourselves what we needed as children, change the way we take care of ourselves and re redefine what that means. So if we didn't have that as a good role modeling in our childhood, which a lot of us didn't, we have to learn how to do that now. And that's when you access, like I would not be doing any of the work that I'm doing. I'd instead be in my bed with the door locked, you know, covering up the covers over my head and trying to shut out the world because I would be in so much pain, but I'm not able to help people when I'm doing that. So I myself had to learn how do I take care of myself in a way that allows me to have, to be able to take care of my family and my community and the world. And that's how, that's where it starts. We have to start, like they say, you can't pour from an empty cup. We have to make sure that we're filling up our own needs. Mm -hmm. Nice. So um, now I know that your um, website has a ton of resources for HSPs, um, but I was wondering if there are any other resources that you tend to kind of direct HSPs towards that may be helpful for someone right now? Well, if you're really into the brain training stuff, uh, I love Rick Hansen's work, for example. He has so much good resources about learning about the brain if you really want to get deeply dive into that. And then, of course, Elaine Aaron's website is great to go to if you want to read about current research um, and, and all of that. So, yeah, you can just about find everything you need on my website. There is so much stuff, and I'm constantly adding to it um, between my blog and the podcast and my articles and the videos. And there's just a lot of stuff on there that to help support people to learn about this trait. Um, and I have some books I've written as well. So I would definitely encourage people just to check all that stuff out. Great. That's, that's really awesome that there's, there are resources out there um, for us, because I think for so many of um, the things that we struggle with we there's either no resources or it's hard to access them and with this you have put them all in one place which is so convenient yeah i uh, i'm always listening to hsps what they need like in my sensitive empowerment community i where we talk a lot about what we need and then i just create a resource around it because there's another part of the trait that's called high sensation seeking that some people also have and there wasn't a lot of information about that so then I started putting information out there about that for people to learn too. So I'm kind of always listening and people can contact me too if they have questions. I do a lot of HSP Q&As, answering questions for HSPs um, because I just want to get you guys thriving. <laughs> Great. Great. Um, so last question, um, what are some ways that my listeners and I can stay up to date with you and the work that you're doing? Yes. Well, I would definitely recommend signing up for my newsletter because I put out a weekly newsletter. It's free and it and everything that I create goes into that newsletter. And I also give out scholarships for my courses and things like that to help people. Um, and when you sign up for the newsletter, you also get a free guide that teaches you a brain training skill that helps you calm your brain right away. And it's really helpful for a lot of HSPs. So I would definitely start with that. Um, and then if you're really struggling with anxiety, I would take the brain training course. And if you are okay with anxiety and fairly balanced, but you need some help with like um, creating boundaries or being able to grow self-love and self-compassion, then I would go for the Blooming Brilliantly course. And I'm also creating right now a course to help HSPs start online businesses. And that's something I'm excited about because especially during the pandemic when so many people are at home, you know, they're wanting to build a business but might lack confidence and not know it's kind of overwhelming out there. So I'm going to make it all clear and just kind of teach what I've done for my business to help other sensitive people. So if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll get updated about all that stuff too. 
I'm excited about that because <laughs> I've been trying to like formulate a business around this. Um, so knowing that that's like in store, that's amazing. Um, yeah, thank you for being here and talking to me and sharing all this information. I'm leaving this conversation really excited and um, feeling empowered. Yeah, and like not alone. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And you are a beautiful light in the world. <laughs> and I have total confidence that you can do anything that you want to do in the world. And that's probably going to help a lot of people when you do it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Students of Mind. I hope this conversation was helpful to any HSPs out there or anyone who may think they're an HSP. Um, before the episode started, Julie and I were actually talking about how powerful it is to identify what's causing some of our behaviors. I was talking about how for me, Early this year, I learned about the trait of being a highly sensitive person and about it actually led me to figure out why I behaved the way I do sometimes or why I react the way I do to certain things. And it actually opened up some space for myself and gave me a little space to like be kinder to myself. So, um... I hope this provides the same relief that I got. And please be sure to go to Julie's website and look at the description of this episode for all the resources that we mentioned during the show. Um, other than that, please share this episode. Um, again, we want to try to make sure highly sensitive people know that they are not alone and know that there are ways that they can be supported. Um, so please share, leave a review. Otherwise, I will see you next episode. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.